0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. If Jesus told us to pray it, then there's two things that we know out of that example that He's giving. One is that it's a prayer that God will answer. And so when we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying a prayer that's not impossible. We're praying a prayer that doesn't have to wait until the return of Christ and all the transformation that takes place. If Jesus told us to pray it, then it's a prayer that's possible. Our world can become more like His world. God, let Your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. And then secondly, I know that praying the prayer obviously must make a difference because God doesn't ask you to do something that's irrelevant or that's fruitless or that cannot take place. So if Jesus tells me to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, then somehow or other my praying of that prayer, your praying of that prayer must do something that otherwise wouldn't happen if we don't pray it. So, with that in mind, I'm going to ask us to do something that we haven't done for, I don't know, forever. I'm going to ask us all to stand, get the bookmark or have a look up on the screen where the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to read the Lord's Prayer together. Can we do that this morning? We're going to say, Our Father, which art in heaven, and, and read that together. Uh, don't if you're reading off the bookmark, you don't have to read the seven words. They're not a part of the Scripture. That's what we've added in to help you. So let's read this together out loud. Shall we make it our prayer today? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can be seated. Thy kingdom come is more than simply a phrase that some of you will have grown up with in your life as a perhaps a church-going individual or maybe a family kind of thing, or you've been somewhere where they prayed the Lord's Prayer, maybe you went to a, a religious school and you had to say this as a part of assembly or something, I don't know. But I do know that for most people, thy kingdom come is a fairly vague kind of concept. It's like, well, what does that even mean? I discovered in my studying of this and my praying over this and talking with some people about it. Some people really get into some pretty amazing detail about what they think it means in the future. Can I just bring it back and make it much simpler for us today and say this? Thy kingdom come, obviously it's where He, the King, reigns. It's where His rulership predominates. So first and foremost, thy kingdom come, is saying we have a king and we have a king who rules over a kingdom and we're praying, let your rulership increase in the earth. There's no doubt whatsoever that we need that in our world. Uh, you know, I was asked by someone who I love and respect to uh, have some thoughts about all the tragedies that are happening in our nation just at the moment. I said, do you realise that 40% of all the fires that are lit, I'm not trying to get uh, too political here or anything, but 40% of them are started by people, uh, deliberately started. There's another 47% are started accidentally by people. And so when you think about that, you go, do we need the rulership of Jesus in our world? Oh yes, we absolutely do. Pick any sphere, whether it's sport, whether it's entertainment, uh, in our paper today, they're talking about the, uh, the rise of domestic violence uh, appearances at our hospitals. That in the last decade, it's gone up by, I think from memory, it was 250%, 250 times. One surgeon saying that the, uh, the injuries that people are presenting with are, are worse than what he's seen in motor vehicle accidents. So again, think about any sphere you like and tell me, you know do we need the rulership of Christ in our world? We absolutely do. So praying thy kingdom come is not a a, a kind of a lazy thing to do. It's actually an incredibly active thing. Lots of you here are involved in education in the schools. Well, I'm sure you will agree. Do we need to be able to pray? Let your kingdom come in my school. Lots of you here in business or in government areas. Do I need to pray, let Your Kingdom come? I want to see Your rulership. It's far more than simply the little tiny space called me and the little environment called my internal life. It's a lot more than that. We'll come to all of that. But I believe that first and foremost, Thy Kingdom come and praying it is saying, God, let Your rulership be right across our whole space and our whole environment. And can I say, thank God for the church that outworks that right across the life of our community. I got a coffee this morning, a young man who told me last Sunday when I got a coffee there, I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Iran. Well, I actually said, guess. And I said, well, I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, he told me he's from Persia, which usually means Iran. And, and so we got chatting. This morning he said, how was Christmas? How was all your Christmas events? I said, they were amazing. I said, the talent in our church is Extraordinary. I said, but more than that, the passion of it is amazing. I said, they're all volunteers, you know. He said, really? And he said, well, are you back to work tomorrow? I said, no, we have already been back at work. Life keeps going on. Church happens every weekend. And I said, besides that, Red Frogs. I said, we run that for West Australia. I said, Hayden and the team have already been at both of the music festivals that were held at Wellington Square and at the Wacker on New Year's Eve. Some of you are the ones here. We're volunteering at that. Thank you for that. He said, oh, I know red frogs. He said, I'm used to them from leavers. He's only a young man in his 20s. He said, I've often seen you at music festivals. And I was able to share with this young man. uh, Thank God that the church, at least our church, doesn't kind of sit back and go, well, you know, it's a hold the fort for I'm coming. We are hoping Jesus will come back and rescue the earth, but we are doing what we can do to make our world look more like His Kingdom. Amen. And trust me, you know, when you see a red frog on television to get interviewed, I heard it on the cricket broadcast this week. Oh, there's the red frogs handing out water. I thought, little do you know, there's a lot more to it than handing out water. I was talking to some people this week about transform. I was talking to people about hope and about the changes that have taken place in their reaching people that perhaps would never get an environment. We've got a connect group operates now out of... uh, Our guests in hope. And out of the 12 people attending it, I think nine of them have never been to church, Uh, nine of them had no relationship with Christ. Some of them fresh out of jail. So thank God, uh, church, that in this church at any rate, there's a whole army of people who are not just sitting on their sacred posterior, uh, you know, hoping Jesus will come back and fix it all up. But they're saying, I'm going to do what I can do. I can't do everything, but I can do something. And so when we pray thy kingdom come, we are really saying, I want your rulership. And maybe that means handing someone a bottle of water while you wear a red frog t-shirt. Maybe it's sponsoring a child in transform. Maybe it's as simple as serving in hope and some of the homeless people or the refugees or whoever, people that come in there, you greet them with a smile. Can I say to you, when you do it in Jesus' Name, you are extending the Kingdom of God. Jesus said, you come. Can't give a glass of water to someone in my name, but I don't register it. So I think we should just give all of our volunteers right across the church a gigantic big hand and say, thank you, thank you for extending, thank you for extending the kingdom. But let me suggest to you as well today that it's more than just King Jesus ruling, but the kingdom of God, thy kingdom come is the place where He is active. It's His space, it's His realm, it's where He's active. And you know, when that thought popped into my head a couple of weeks ago, I began to think about the number of times where there is kingdom activity in my daily life. I thought about the times I wake up in the morning with a song, just, you know, like an earworm. You know what I mean? You know, a worship song, just, you know, zinging through your head. Or the number of times I've opened the Bible and a verse seemed to leap off the page just for me. Or the number of times when I've got a phone call from somebody saying, I just want to encourage you. Or the number of times when I've felt prompted to ring somebody else up. Or the times, you know, when you see someone in need and a little voice inside of you says, go give them that, go bless them, go help them. I know most of us here would say that's a pretty common occurrence in our life. And I began to realise that kingdom activity is a lot more frequent than we often register in our life. Colossians chapter one and verse 13, watch this. It says, "Who has delivered us from the power of darkness?" Most people quote that, and I've heard songs written about it that talk about the kingdom of darkness, but there is no kingdom of darkness in the scripture. Not going to make a big deal out of it, but there isn't a kingdom because he ain't a king. Huh? Uh, he's called the prince of the power of the air." Princes don't have kingdoms, kings do. So he ain't a king, but it says we has been delivered from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now the word translated there, the only way you normally are used to it is somebody translating from one language to another. But in the King James Version of the Scripture, when uh, this verse was written, translated us, it literally means instant relocation. It means one minute you were here, the next minute you're there. So in Acts chapter 8, where Philip, who was uh, an usher, he was part of the host team at his local church in Jerusalem. Uh, Well, that's what he was. He was part of the hope ministry, helping people that had need. And he is in Samaria and the Holy Spirit tells him to go down a road. He goes down the road, finds there the Ethiopian eunuch. And that's why Ethiopia is now the most Christian country on the earth, 86% Christian, because one man obeyed God, did what God said. He goes down there and uh, then he baptises this man who comes to Christ, baptises him. And then the Scripture it says, and then the Spirit took him away. He's one minute there, next minute he's gone. And then the next verse says, and being found down there, Azotus. So one minute he's there, the next minute he's a long way away. It's a little bit for all you little Trekkies here. It's a little bit like, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> How many people ever thought that, like, if you fly a bit, you are going, oh, God, let them please invent that. And I've asked the Lord a number of times, Lord, please, can you just do it one time for me? I don't want to sit on another five and a half hour plane flight from Brisbane back to Perth or somewhere or other else. Lord, can you just do it quick for me? That's what happened uh, to this guy, Philip, in their instant relocation. And it's the same word there in Colossians 1.13 who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us. Once we were there, now we're there. Once we were in that place, now we're somewhere else. So let me give you a few things about thy kingdom come for you to think about and about this whole thing. I trust that as we open this up, you will start to realise how powerful it is to pray thy kingdom come. And you'll begin to realise what it is that you're a part of. You are not part of a little family group called the church. Well, praise God, I just go to church. There's no going to church. Amen. It's not in the Bible. We don't just go. We go, but we don't just go. We go, but we just don't go. Tell your neighbour, I go, but I just don't go. I just don't go. Amen. Here's a couple of things about going from the power of darkness, translated, one minute I was there, next minute I'm there. Here's number one. You couldn't earn it, but you can learn it. You couldn't earn it, but you can learn it. You did not earn this Colossians 1.13. You don't earn the kingdom of God. That's why the Pharisees struggled so much with Jesus because He used to do things that, well, He'd give things to people that never earned them. He'd heal people that never earned it. He would save a woman caught in adultery who absolutely earned the opposite of what He gave her. He gave her forgiveness and she hadn't offered any doves, no turtle doves, no pigeons, no lambs, no nothing. She hadn't gone up to the temple and said, quick, give me a couple of turtle-offs. I've been a sinner today. I really need to make an offering, a sin offering. None of that stuff. And yet He gave her forgiveness, even though she, if you read the Scripture, she never even asked for it that she was dragged there by others. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And He not only gives her forgiveness, He gives her freedom from the thing that had brought her there. And so when you and I understand what the kingdom's about, you can't earn it, but you certainly can learn it. We go from a life devoid of kingdom activity. You get all kinds of stuff. All kinds of things can be a part of your world before Christ. All kinds of spiritual searching and journeyings. You know, I don't know what your, your kind of uh, search looked like. Mine looked like a man rummaging through a junk shop, <laughs> hoping to find something of value. That's, that's actually the best description of my life before Christ. I'd go over and pick up a bit of this and go, I wonder what that's worth. Go over up and pick up a bit of this. If I told you some of it, you would not believe me the things I'd pick up and go, I wonder if this will hold the truth. I wonder if this will have great value. And you go and you pick it up and then begin to discover that none of that's there. And then out of nowhere comes the grace of God to your life. Come on, you are saved by grace. You never earned it. You didn't deserve it. You never got it because you were so good and because you were so spiritual and because God was just so hanging out to get you because you're such a catch. Huh? It wasn't like that. We go from a life devoid of kingdom activity and now it's our new world. Now it's my space. For three and a half years, Jesus taught the disciples about a new world. He said, this is what it looks like. He'd say to them, I only do what I see my father do. And they're going, who's that? What do you mean you only do what your father? Does the father do this stuff? And the entire, think about it, fishermen, tax collectors, uh, political activists, that was one of them. And he gets all of those people and says, let me give you a window into my kingdom. Oh, look, seriously, if this does nothing else, I hope it shakes you out of any complacency that you may have gathered over the years about what it means to be a Christian. Well, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. The kingdom's a lot more than when you die, you go to heaven. It's a lot more than that. When I pray thy kingdom come, I'm asking God, God, would you make me aware of kingdom activity in my life? And seriously, because I'm a bit ahead of you on this, in that uh, when this uh, kind of phrase dropped into my heart a couple of weeks ago, I have been keeping like a bit of a, an awareness of it. I haven't written it down, but I'm amazed how much kingdom activity there is in my life. I'm amazed how many people just, you know, they, they make the phone call or you just happen to get that right thing at the right place at the right time. The thing that you thought was gonna be a real problem disappears. And I'm amazed, seriously, so often we measure God by one prayer we've prayed that we're hanging on. God, I prayed for this, hasn't happened yet. and We act like God has, has vacated the building. We act like He's not doing anything. I challenge you to start becoming aware just this week. Start checking how much Kingdom activity, that song that lives in your head. The person who after church just says, let me buy your coffee for you. The one who says to you, how are you going? Well, everyone asks you that. No, they don't actually. The friendships you've built. Kingdom activity, there's a lot more of it. You couldn't earn it, but you can learn it. You can become more aware of it. Here's number two. You can't create it, but you can cultivate it. You can't create it, but you can cultivate it. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14 is a great, great verse. It says this. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It's speaking spiritually to believers, and it's saying there are things spiritually that you can develop in your life. You can cultivate hearing the voice of God, just like any other skill. Now, some of you were born with perfect pitch. Michael Battersby sitting back there. I think you got perfect pitch, don't you? Kind of. Well, it's more perfect than anybody else's I know. It's pretty close to it. But I know that Michael will tell you he could teach almost anybody to sing unless you're completely tone deaf. But there aren't many of those. But you could cultivate that. You could learn that. And yet we come to God and we just sit there like bumps on a log. Now, thank God we're here and thank God we're doing that. But can I say to you, the Kingdom of God is a lot more, it's becoming my world. It's becoming my space. So many people's prayer life never gets beyond gentle Jesus, meek and mild, look upon this little child, pity my simplicity, suffer me to come to thee. God bless mum and dad. They're dead and gone, but we're still signing. Huh? I challenge you. I, I don't want to get it. Listen, lots of people pray prayers, far less people develop prayer in their life. Amen? What do you see when you pray? I just imagine a black dot. <laughs> That's a good place to start. I'm not mocking any of that per se, but I want to challenge you. When you come to worship, is it just like, you know, Wednesday, so it must be lamb chops? <laughs> Friday, it must be steak. Sunday lunch has got to be chips, chip buddies. You know, is your spiritual life that predictable? Or are you going on an adventure with Jesus where He is teaching you and you're saying, Lord, let Thy Kingdom come. Let me learn how to hear from you. I meet so many people, they're learning. Mm, oh, well, I better go. You don't, get, you don't want me to dig in into that. You can't create it, but you can cultivate it. We've come from being dead to spiritual things to being alive and motivated to do them. Ephesians chapter two and verse 10, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Listen, good works are what I'm designed to do. They're there. That's why the whole month of February, we are taking time to say, what are you designed for? You are not designed the same as me, but we are all designed by God and we wanna help you discover that so that we can be cultivating the Kingdom of God. I do not want to waste a day of my life just going through the motions. Amen. Otherwise it'd be like, you know, I often say at marriages, don't know if I said it at yours, Luke and Nikki, But you know, when you give your life to the other person, you're not just giving them who you are. You're giving them the you you're going to be. And if you get that right, then you can go through married life with all of the changes and all the difficulties and all the challenges and trials. But because you are not just trying to, you're not comparing with the one back then. You're going, no, as we grow. And it's the same with God, isn't it? Are you with me here this morning? So I want to read the Bible and not go, oh yeah, I read that. This is my ninth year in a row, reading the Bible through (laughs) So let's just skip Leviticus because there's nothing in it. <laughs> Numbers, who cares, hated maths. <laughs> Revelation, haven't got a clue. I'll just stick with John 3.16 for the rest of my life. That's not a bad thing to stick with John 3.16, but what if, I'm, I, I read the Bible every day and I'm constantly amazed at the things that are in the Bible that weren't there last year because I'm sure I never read that before. And now I read it and go, well, I'll be. You can't create it, but you can cultivate it. Here's number three. When you pray thy kingdom come, you go from being an onlooker to God's works to being a participator. Praying thy kingdom come, listen, it's dangerous. I'm warning you now, don't pray it. Unless you want God, to use you in kingdom activity. Thy kingdom come. And He's going, well. And we're going, oh, no, I want the angels to do it. How many people are still learning? How many people are still learning things that you thought you already knew, but you're still learning them anyway? Huh? Aren't you glad that God's got you on a growth path? Aren't you glad that he just doesn't go, okay, we are going to park you now or you die. <laughs> well, they're saved now. Just leave them. Come back for them in 50 years. Mm. <laughs> well, true, that's the way I grew up. I just, thought, I just thought we were marking time till Jesus came back. Some of you are looking at me a bit like, he's, he's been on the happy juice this Christmas break. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1, you then, we then as workers together with Him, not for Him. I love the fact that we get to serve God, but I'm not just a servant of God. I'm a worker together with Him. Here's the last one, number four. First one, you can't earn it, but you can learn it. You can't create it, but you can cultivate it. You go from being an onlooker to being a participator. Here's the fourth one the limitations of your former life no longer apply. I'm gonna show you a video. It's the world record deadlift. Most amount a human has lifted. It's 500 kilos, all right? Let that sink in, watch the video, and then I'm gonna come back and tell you about how I beat it. Roll the tape. 100 kilos, that's more than my first car weighed. It's a ton. It's hard to believe. But I can beat that. I know you say, don't be silly. But if you let me do it on the moon. (laughs) On the moon... It's the equivalent of lifting 85 kilos on the earth. And I can definitely do that. Matter of fact, I can go better than that because if you'll let me do it on Pluto, I can do it with one hand. Because on Pluto, it's 35 kilos. I thought about that in my mind, immediately went to basketball and I thought, 10 foot ring, that means... If you could dunk on Earth, you can dunk 140 foot high on Pluto. (laughs) I believe I can fly. (laughs) Now, of course, everybody here goes, don't be stupid. Oh, I knew there'd be some dumb catch to that. But here's the deal. Colossians one thirteen says you had an environment and God has changed your location. And the rules that apply on earth don't apply on the moon. It's a different location. And so there I can do things I could never do here. 500 kilos, are you kidding? I don't think I could lift the bar. I'm not sure I could lift his towel. <laughs> when the scripture says, thy kingdom come, And He says, I'm going to take you from the space you've known all your life. All the things you've grown up saying, I can't, I could never, I wouldn't be able to. All those bits that you've said, well, that'll never happen. And God goes, you know what? Watch this. I'm going to translate you into the kingdom of my dear son. And the things that applied back there, they don't apply over here the things that you couldn't do. That's why the disciples went from being fisher dudes and people with just regular jobs to all of a sudden they're doing miracles. All of a sudden they're getting revelation that, had, that the Pharisees, the learned ones never had. Can you hear God? Not in your old life you can't, but you sure can in this one. Because see, I've been translated into a different space. huh? Now I'm in a space where the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now I've gone into the space where my sheep hear my voice and I call them by name. And that's why to be a follower of Christ is not about trying to be a better old you. It's not about going, Well, I'm just going to, it's not a self-improvement program. I can hear God. I can be heard by God. Things that I never could understand, now I'm in a different space. When you pray, thy kingdom come, what you're acknowledging to heaven is, I'm no longer, listen to it, I'm no longer the old me. All the rules have changed. Remind yourself this week when you go to pray and your brain says to you, well, that'll never work. Well, what's the point of that? They've had it for so long. Why would that have any effect? Are you ridiculous? Don't you know it's going to take this long? Remind yourself, no, that's the rules of the old life. I'm in a different space. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I pray that this year when we look at it, because we sure aren't going to just go down the, some kind of predictable line here. We wanna, we, I want us as a church, I want every one of us to be saying, God, how do I, how do I be active in Your world? How does Your activity become my normal? doesn't mean you drip with miracles and everything you ever ask for just happens instantly. Because in His world, He still says you're going to have troubles. Tribulation's going to come, but be of good cheer, I've overcome it. So I know that this world, I'm starting a series tonight in the evenings called The Spirit of the Kingdom. Because if you only know about the Kingdom and you never understand the Spirit of the Kingdom, and there's a lot in that, then... You'll be like somebody who just is a visitor. You'll be like a tourist who goes to another country. And when you leave, you just go back to the same way you used to be. Amen. I want to pray with people this morning before I finish, people that are watching, people that are listening, people that are in front of me right here, because the Lord's Prayer, take this bookmark and use it, put it somewhere, put it on your desk at work, whatever. But I want you to notice how Jesus started the prayer. He didn't start with, Oh God, most holy in the heavens, almost unapproachable, almost far away. He started off with what? And this was remarkable for the disciples. Because for them, it was a blasphemy. The Pharisees accused Jesus. He said he was a son of God, or the son of God thereby making Himself equal with God. And yet Jesus said, this is the way you pray, our Father. So many people, you know, they know about God. But God is not interested in you knowing about Him. He's interested in you knowing Him and walking with Him. Let's just bow our heads in prayer a minute. Just right where you sit, people that are listening to this in the podcast, wherever you are in Australia, around the world, wherever, people that are watching this on the YouTube channel of Metro Church WA. But if you say to me this morning, Jeff, I, I, I can't say He's my Father. I believe that God's there somewhere and since being in this service, I certainly want Him in my life. But how do I do that? Well, the Scripture says, to as many as received Him. So when I say yes to Jesus, I say, yes, Lord, come into my life. When I do that, something profound happens. Colossians 1.13 takes place. I'm delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. I'd love to help you make that step just by saying yes to Christ. So if that's you this morning, where you sit here in front of me, I'll be able to see your hand. I will pray for those of you because I know there are people listening and watching. I'll pray for you anyway. But if you're here in front of me and you say, that's me, would you pray for me this morning, Jeff? I want to say yes to Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up so I can see it? Put it back down again, and I'm going to pray with you right where you are today. All you got to do is just raise it so I can see it. Wave it around for a minute, and then I'll see it, and I'll pray with you. Thank you back there. Anybody else, just wherever you are, you say, that's me. I'm so glad somebody on the first day of the year is saying yes to Christ. Is there anybody else? Just wherever you are before we pray, Otherwise, I will pray with you and I'll pray with the people watching and listening. Then let's do that together. And I'd love it if everyone here, you're already a Christian, but you want to encourage that man and those that are listening to this, because they are. Say this prayer after me, saying these words to Jesus, would you? Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me because I matter to You. I want You in my life. I'm saying yes to Christ. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank You for that person and the others that are watching and listening, saying yes to You. I pray, God, that for every single one of us, there will be an increasing revelation of what we have come into, an increasing understanding. It's a lot more than heaven when we die. It's about walking with You on the earth, not in a weird way, in a very real way. We thank You for helping us in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Can we give those people a big hand wherever they are, where they're in front? We're going to share communion together this morning. By the way, if you lifted your hand or even if you didn't, but you were moved by that and thinking about it, why don't you go visit our Connect Hub can't miss it it's out in the cafe area out there there's a free bible for you if you don't have a bible we'd love to give you one because it is god's word and oh you can they'll help you download one to your smart device your smartphone or whatever if you prefer to use that uh, but we want to make sure help you're welcome at the discipleship foundations course on uh, monday nights with foal and the team you'd absolutely be blessed to be a part of it for sure But we're going to share communion together. And so the host team would come, please, and begin to serve us here in this church. Our practice is that we uh, get served, take a piece of the bread and the cup. And we've already done this with the team, by the way, so they're not missing out. Uh, And then once everybody's been served, then we'll all stand together and then we'll eat and drink as the uh, people of God that we are. I told uh, Bruce and Fowler this week, I said, look, um, I'm going to do the first one here about being thankful about gratitude because I believe that gratitude is the foundational uh, virtue of every other virtue. I don't think you can read the Bible very far without discovering how much it speaks to us about being thankful and how important it is, not just for manners, but it's the foundation. If you don't get the foundation of gratitude, then dissatisfaction will creep in. And after dissatisfaction comes, usually comes cynicism. After cynicism has lived a while, it usually becomes hardness of heart. And after hardness of heart's been there for a while, it usually becomes unbelief. And so it becomes a prison. Gratitude's important. So I told the guys this, and then I'm sitting uh, before the service, just thinking about, you know, what the scripture says about being thankful. And then this verse, kingdom activity, see, it popped into my mind. I hadn't planned it. I hadn't studied it. It just popped into my mind sitting in the lounge back there. And so I got on my Bible app and looked it up. And here it is in Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 22. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Now watch this. Then He took the cup. And when He had given thanks, He gave it to them and they all drank from it. Watch this a minute. Jesus is having what we call the Last Supper. They're gonna go out from that. They're gonna go to the garden where He'll be betrayed. He'll go from that to His trial, be found completely innocent by both the civil and religious authorities of the day. Then He'll be taken out to Golgotha where He'll be crucified like a common criminal, a thief either side. We understand that the Scripture tells us that His death was more than just dying. Because the Scripture says that He who knew no sin became sin. That on that cross, every evil deed and every evil work and every evil thought Every misstep, every mistake, every mischief that any human would ever do or had done would somehow rather be imputed into Him and He would become the sin bearer for my life and yours and for every human. Why can we stand with confidence and say you can come to Christ? It's because somebody's already paid the price. It's because somebody's already said it's done. So he did that. But I want you to notice at this first Sunday of the year what it says in verse 23 of Mark 14. Then he took the cup and when he had given thanks. And I read that this morning, it was like kingdom activity. Uh, Something went off in my mind. I thought, wow. It had never occurred to me, no matter how many times I've read that, about Jesus sitting there giving thanks before He's about to be betrayed, before He's about to go on trial, be spat upon, be whipped and bruised, crown of thorns stuck on His head and then made to carry His own cross out of the place called Golgotha where they're going to uh, crucify Him. And before that happened, I don't know what your attitude and your response might be, what your posture would be. I'm guessing for a lot of us it wouldn't be gratitude. But Jesus... When He had lifted the cup, He gave thanks. I don't know about you, but the first thought of my mind almost was, I wonder what He thanked for. What did He say to God, I'm grateful for? What did He say to God, thank you? This is the same Jesus who's in the garden saying, if it's possible, let this pass. But before that, He says, I'm grateful. That tells me that no matter what I'm going through, no matter how challenging my road might look right now or not, that I can give thanks regardless. I can say, you know what, God, I'm grateful no matter what. Are you having a tough time right now? Why don't you give thanks anyway? Are you in the midst of the worst season of your life? Why don't you give thanks? Oh, Jeff, don't be sick. No, Jesus did that. Jesus did that. And I want to do that as well. I want to begin this year with an attitude of gratitude. I don't want to go in there saying, well, that never happened last year. And what about that? And I'm still waiting for that. I want to go into 2020 saying, Lord, I'm grateful for every good thing You're doing in my life. And there's some things I haven't seen yet, but God, I'm grateful. My, My attitude is gratitude in the name of Jesus. Let's stand together. Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for this bread, which we're taking because it represents to us Your body broken for us. We want to say today, Lord, we're grateful for that. We're so thankful that You carried our infirmities in Your body on the tree. We're so grateful, Lord, that brokenness in our life doesn't have to remain because You already wore a crown of thorns on Your mind, on Your head. The pain that that was, Lord, You can take away my emotional or mental pain. Thank you for that today in Jesus' name. For the cup, God, we want to also join with you in saying we give thanks for all you've done. Let's eat and drink together as the family of God we are. Come on, let's do that. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you take a minute and just verbalise it. You can do it quietly if you want, but just where you are, just, Lord, I'm grateful. Thank You for salvation. I didn't earn it. Would You help me learn it? I didn't create it. God, would You help me cultivate it? Lord, today I'm praying Thy kingdom come. I want to be a part of what You're doing in the earth. Thank You, Lord, that the rules of my old life don't apply in my new one. things that used to control my life back there don't control my new one. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.